Hello, and welcome to the CGF Sustainability Podcast Series. My name is Madeline Vander Hayden, and I work on the communications team at the CGF. In this series, we take a deep dive into all things sustainability, from forced labor, to plastic waste and the circular economy, to food waste and forests, and so much more. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Leslie Hushka, who is Senior Vice President of Global Corporate and Social Responsibility at the Bumblebee Seafood Company. The Bumblebee Seafood Company is one of the newest members of the Consumer Goods Forum and has also joined our human rights coalition working to end forced labor. Today, Leslie and I will be speaking about the social challenges facing the seafood sector and what businesses can do to address them. Let's go meet her. Okay, so Leslie, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Madeline. I'm thrilled to be part of the CGF family. And we're so happy to have you and the Bumblebee Seafood Company as some of our newest members and also new members to our Human Rights Coalition working to end forced labor. So can you start off and tell us a little bit more about your company and what brought you to the Consumer Goods Forum and the HRC? Yes, so the Bumblebee Seafood Company is a 120-year-old company that sells um, many seafood um, varieties. We're known for our tuna, uh, but we do sell shrimp, crab, oysters, mussels, herring, and all sorts of tasty uh, goodies. Uh, We're predominantly a North American brand, uh, but with some growing international markets that we're developing. Yeah, we were thrilled to join uh, CGF. Um, In particular, part of our sustainability programs have really focused around three key pillars, what we call fish, ocean, and people. Our fish pillar is all focused around taking our sustainably sourced seafood and getting that to be third-party certified. Our oceans pillar is all around um, protecting and restoring the ocean health, um, including some of our plastic initiatives, similar to what CGF is undertaking. Um, But our last pillar is all focused on people, and in particular, making sure everyone that's connected with our business all the way down our supply chain is treated uh, safely and with dignity. Um, And in looking at all of our activities in our people pillar, we really felt that we were missing an opportunity uh, to partner with other brands uh, in this area. Uh, In particular, the seafood industry has challenges uh, with human rights and forced labor. um, And looking at the Human Rights Coalition we thought that this was a great group for us to join um, and get really three things that we saw were valuable for us. Uh, Working alongside others and getting tools um, from other companies on how they've dealt with some of these issues. Learning the lessons, perhaps from other industries such as the garment industry or palm oil, other construction, other industries that have faced similar challenges. And then last but not least, uh, the focus that the coalition has on advocacy um, and taking the industry activities one step further to try to work with governments and get the proper worker protections in place around the globe. 
Leslie, thank you so much for that. And I love what you said about the CGF and the HRC being a place for this dialogue and this conversation. Because as I'm sure you know, these are really difficult and complex conversations to be having, and it's it's not always easy for businesses to, to discuss them. So we really do want to open up this dialogue, and that's what we do in the HRC and also what we do on this podcast. So just for our listeners, can you share a little bit more about the social challenges that you see in the seafood sector um, and tell us, you know, what's the context, what's the landscape right now? Sure. Um, over the last five years, uh, we as a company have focused on uh, putting in place strong company policies against forced labor uh, and human trafficking. Um, like all other CGF members have done. Um, then we've moved from that to a, um, an audit program, doing extensive training and risk-based screening across our entire supply chain. And as we've worked through it, um, it was very straightforward to do that in our own operations, most of which are based in North America. Then when we moved out to our first uh, processing locations, next step in our supply chain. Um, and it was still straightforward to implement those programs. Where we've run into the most challenges is going further down our supply chains to the boats and the fleets that we, we source from. We don't own any of those boats. Um, and we've had challenges to implement all of our procedures down to that level. And let me give you an example. We source um, from approximately 800 to 900 different vessels on a given year. Um, those vessels might be owned by 20 different nations um, and fly under those flags. Um, and on those vessels are likely uh, a total of um, 20,000 uh, migrant workers across the seafood industry. Um, and they're from another 15 different nations. And so we have a lot of challenges in terms of different requirements uh, from all those governments. Um, some governments don't have strong protections in for those workers. Um, and these are in, in essence moving factories uh, for us. Um, so it has been quite a challenge uh, for us to implement the auditing and training and corrective action programs um, that we'd like to see with that level of complexity in our system. Right. So it sounds like the challenge is really coming from the complexity of the situation and the fact there's so many different moving parts all at the same time. You know, you were talking about hundreds of boats owned by dozens of governments employing thousands of workers, and it's just very difficult to navigate all of that. So in terms of action, you've already touched on this a little bit, but can you tell us a bit more about what you're doing to address these, these challenges? Yeah, so let me give you a few examples. So first, we have a, a social audit program that we have implemented for the last almost three years now. Um, that is all third-party audits um, to do um, assessment of those uh, boats um, and, and their home offices uh, according to our policies. Um, our, our objective is to get to our entire fleet 
um, that we're sourcing from over five years. Um, and at this point, we're about 40% um, into that, um, that effort. Um, of course, each of those audits brings kind of corrective action programs um, that we see need to happen, but we've discovered a number of themes that keep coming up, um, such as worker pay um, and particular fees that we might see um, pop up more than once. Um, so we've worked with um, uh, other industry groups, particularly the Seafood Task Force that has done a lot of work in the shrimp area and it's now expanding its work in the tuna space to create some training programs on those common issues. We have created a worker voice program um, and are in the midst of rolling that out um, to uh, all the fleets we source from. It essentially gives workers a QR code um, that they can use to directly connect them to an independent NGO uh, where they can make a complaint um, about their workplace conditions or any other issue. Um, and that NGO um, leads the response to that. And so we've tried to provide that to make sure workers have a company channel as well as an independent channel uh, if they have any concerns about how they're treated. Um, and then last, I would add that, you know, another complexity in our supply chain is you know, many of the, there are um, recruiting agencies that do supply workers um, to these fleets. Um, and in some cases, a sending agent and a receiving agent. Um, so we are trying to work on a uh, responsible recruitment project. And in particular, we're starting right now with the Indonesia Fishermen Association, INFASA for short, um, to uh, train that organization on here are the best um, practices for recruiting workers, including you know what should be in their contracts, um, how they're how they're treated, what the pay should be, making sure that workers aren't paying any fees uh, that um, you know are the responsibility of the employer, um, and just doing that education program. That's step one. Step two will lead to a certification effort uh, for recruiting agencies. So we're trying to get to, you know, kind of a level of rigor um, and positive certification at multiple steps in the supply chain. You know, I would just add that we struggle with that um, because we perhaps don't have all the tools that we need to do. Uh, the work that we need to do. And that's where I think our, our uh, learnings from CGF and the Human Rights Coalition uh, play into that. We know that other companies have had these same concerns um, and had to develop their own um, internal uh, due diligence systems and checks and tools. Um, and we are, we're eager to learn from other CGF members on, on how we can um, put in the proper controls. Well, we're definitely here to support you as you continue on your sustainability journey, and I'm sure that other members of the Consumer Goods Forum will be very interested in hearing about your experiences tackling these social challenges in the seafood sector. But Leslie, one thing that's come up a lot in our conversation today is the role of governments. And one thing we say at the CGF a lot is you can't tackle sustainability challenges on your own. 
no one can do it by themselves, and that's why collaboration is so important. Can you tell us maybe about what you think the role of advocacy is in uh, building a more sustainable seafood sector? And, you know, businesses can't do everything, but how can governments help them? Yeah, great question. Uh, You know, we've seen some improvements um, with our efforts, but really industry has faced many areas with a lack of engagement by some governments um, in making sure some governments have protective policies uh, for uh, for their workers. Uh, We see a really uneven playing field across different governments, not only individual nations, but when we look at um, intergovernmental cooperation, such as the regional fishery management organizations that set a lot of the rules for fishing in in different geographic areas, we see a lot of unevenness there. We don't currently have a group um, that we are members of that are taking on that direct advocacy with governments. encouraging governments to put in place new policies and programs um, and their own reporting and monitoring systems. We think that that's a credible, uh, a critical role and um, a key um, attribute that drew us uh, to CGF. We think that's needed and we're excited to kind of work with the Human Rights Coalition to make sure that, you know, this message about the role of government um, in, is um, conveyed um, and leads to new government policies um, in some of these countries that we're operating in. Yeah, thank you for that, Leslie. It's a very clear message and a very important one at that. So for my final question, Leslie, what is your call to action to peers, colleagues in the industry? What do you, what do you want to say to them? Yeah, uh, as I mentioned, you know, we think that there is a lot um, that we can learn from others who have faced human rights challenges in their supply chain. Uh, I think as an industry, we have in, in many cases been siloed, and we are guilty of this. We've been siloed only working with the seafood industry over the last couple of years, uh, and we need to break free from that. I think there are many lessons that we can learn from other CPG companies on how they've dealt with this with other commodities. Um, And we're ready to kind of roll up our sleeve uh, and learn from others. Um, And so I would encourage uh, kind of the rest of uh, the organization um, to just share their lessons learned uh, widely across the industry. Well, thank you for that, Leslie. And it's definitely a message that we share at the CGF we really do need to open up these conversations and dialogues so we can continue to raise awareness and then importantly start to take action and and start seeing results. So thank you for that. And Leslie, that was my last question for you today as part of our conversation. So I just want to say it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and we are so thrilled to have the Bumblebee Seafood Company as part of the CGF and our Human Rights Coalition working to enforce labor. So thanks so much. Thanks, Madeline. If you would like to find out more about the Consumer Goods Forum and our work on sustainability, you can visit our website at www.theconsumergoodsforum.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe to the podcast for more episodes coming very soon. Thank you and bye for now.